Hello and welcome to Money Mondays with Artist Keith, the podcast. The reason why I say the podcast is because we've been live streaming Money Mondays through Facebook for about a year and a half. Now we have a podcast available through Podbean. I'm your host, Artist Keith, and if this is your first time listening to a Money Mondays episode, you're in for a treat. We talk about all personal money-related matters. We talk about investing, we talk about stocks, we talk about calculating dividend yields, we talk about things as small as practices for saving money, we talk about things as broad and as impactful as wills and trusts, we talk about really how to save your money and utilize it the best, improving your credit, all of these things fall under personal money matters and that's what Money Mondays is here to help you with. Take any intimidating thing and we'll talk about it and put it in its simplest terms so you can be empowered. All right. We look forward to you following us throughout the life of Money Mondays. And as we post new episodes and we post old episodes, we hope that we help you in your Money Mondays journey. We have Jay Rose. Uh, Jay Rose is a finance professional that has worked in a variety of different areas, including um, working with colleges on the finance side, on behalf of the colleges, on behalf of the colleges financing uh, students and their debt, as well as working with students directly with helping them understand how they're going to pay for college, finance school. So I thought it'd be a good idea to have a conversation with Jay just to get a perspective, just to be able to um, have a discussion about topics that first-generation um, students who are going off to college as well as uh, second, third-generation students, uh, topics they have to deal with, which is the most important thing is the fear of finance in school. So I guess the first thing I'll say is appreciate you showing up. Again, I, people already know I, I bring a lot of friends on, but I'm happy that I have friends that are so talented and competent in all these different areas. So um, I guess the first thing, when we start talking about financing school and colleges, a lot of people immediately get fearful because part of what happens in 2018 is that the amount of college is so uh, astronomical, the cost is so high sure. that immediately it, it, gets, it gets blocked out yep. for the next phase of how people are going to improve themselves. But I remember when Obama was in office, he gave a State of the Union address, and he said, and he may not be the first person to say it, but he said, your economic stimulus is education. Exactly. So the, the, the exactly. best way you're going to change your situation financially um, is by having a better awareness and understanding of how money works. Exactly. You know, and I, I, I learned that money works three ways, and we can just, you know, it's, it's uh, magnitude, yep. size, mm -hmm. it's direction, and it's time. And time. Exactly. And time. And so... When we start talking about those things, these are all things that need to be put in place so people have an understanding about um, investing and financing. But first and foremost, the step to education is important. Sure. So with all of that said, Episode 8, Money Mondays, we'll get it kicked off. Um, what are some of the things, I know people come to you all the time, what are some of the things that you hear the most when it comes to people being concerned with the first steps of getting their child uh, ready for college from a, from a finance perspective? Sure. Uh, let me say this, Keith. What I tell people all the time when I talk with them is that 
you can't use finances as an excuse not to go to college because whatever form or situation you are in your life, you can find a college that can fit that fit those needs. Now, you may not be able to go to what you see on TV as far as it's a, uh, a private, highly selective school as opposed to a public school that uh, that is not uh, that's not selective in their uh, criteria for admissions but there is a college that you, that you can go to. However, the best way that I tell people how you're going to get over that fear is to plan. You have to plan for whatever uh, educational endeavor that you want to. So when do you think people should start planning? Like they're, they're, it's clearly not the senior year. No. So what, what no. do you recommend? I, I, actually, if people look at me like crazy, as soon as your child is born, you should be planning on how you're going to finance their education. Whether you be whether you put up uh, a college bond, uh, the five two nine college saving plan, most uh, the state of Missouri has, where you can put away money without being taxed, tax uh, shelter for your child's education. Along with that, you have to get them involved in the STEM in the STEM uh, package. Uh, and what I mean by STEM is, of course, the science, technology, education, and math. Uh, um, criteria so you can get your child on the road to trying to qualify or have the best chance of getting into the college of their choice. Okay. So with that, you have to do a, a two-prong. There are basically four ways to finance education. One is savings. savings okay. <laughs> so uh, the Obamas have a, have a great savings plan, <laughs> I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> So people that are well off in the top 10% of the tax bracket have savings. And then you have other free ways of financial education, whether that be scholarships or grants, monies that you do not have to pay back. And then, of course, what people most often use to pay for college are loans. So one of those four ways, that's how college is, college is going to get financed by a parent or, and or a student. And I always like to say, if the student has some skin in the game, whether that be their good grades, whether that be them getting high uh, marks on the ACT or SAT, or athletic, athletic scholarships that will allow them to have some skin in the game and trying, and, and at least them saying, I have a part in my education too. Well, everybody's got to have skin in the game when it comes to change. You just can't throw money out there and think people can appreciate the time that it's taking to, to build that money. And it's funny, we, we both went to Morehouse College for yes, undergrad. He's a little older than me, you can tell. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but we, we knew plenty of cats that um, that worked while in school. Sure. We, I, we knew cats that would work a semester, take off school a semester, right. then go then go to school another semester. Exactly. It depends on how dedicated and committed you are to furthering your education. And the reality of it is, is it's like any investment, but you're investing in you. And, and there's no, I always say there's no better investment than investing in you because you're spending, you know, be it $20,000, $150,000, $200,000. When you spend that amount of money now, your plan should be that in your lifetime, it should bring you back 20, 30, 50 fold. In your lifetime, mm -hmm. and so we start talking about people. So, so you leave people there, and they say, "Well, I, I still don't know what to do." First things first, what's the damn fast for? Exactly. What's, what's the sure. fast? Because right. I know you know. Look, 
Well, how you get into college as far as the financing game, and as you mentioned earlier, I work at all phases of the educational process. I work for a lender where we lent student loans out backed by the federal government, the Department of Education. Then I worked for a school in the financial aid office where we administered the program for, from the Department of Education. And then I worked for a guarantor which oversaw the loan, uh, the, the Title IV loan program. Okay. So the FAFSA is short for Free Application for Federal Student Aid. Okay. And what that application is, it, uh, you have to send in the taxes, your previous year's taxes to the federal government and a snapshot of your financial background. So does this have to be the parents or the students? This has to be the both. Okay. okay. So uh, the parents, uh, well, students are broken up into two categories, a dependent student and an independent student. Okay. So the dependent student is anyone under the age, 26 and under, so I'm sorry, 25 and under, and no dependents. They're not, uh, they're not a ward of, of a court. Okay. Uh, they are not in the military. And uh, no, no dependents themselves, so they, if they don't have any children. So um, they are considered a dependent student. So in that case, their parent would have to fill out the FAFSA with their um, information. And I know a lot of people uh, sometimes in our community, in all communities, are somewhat hesitant to give up their financial information. Right. So you find that a lot with some of our young people. But what's, so, the, what's the drawback to not getting that information? Well, if you don't, you cannot get any uh, financial aid. Financial aid. Okay. And financial aid is composed of not only the scholarships and grants, uh, which you hear most often, the most common grant is called the Pell Grant. Okay. And that's the Supplemental, Supplemental Educational Opportunity Grant, as well as loans. Loans are actually part of financial aid, even though you have to... Uh, pay them back. Of that's course. why you hear people say, "Man, I got my loan money. I'm about to go right. buy a car." Exactly. Not exactly. the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> and us going to school, we, we knew a lot of fellas that did yeah, that. Gotta, hey, hey, I got it right I now. Got it right I got to do something right now. Exactly. <laughs> next thing you know, they drive there in a the car, or they didn't furnish the, an apartment, and next thing you know, if they out of school, we have to repay back that money. Yeah, so, money uh, so that's what that is. But you fill out the FAFSA in order to get that. So once the government certifies that, they send that to the school. And then the school will determine what they call your expected family contribution. Okay. So even the government says, look, we will have resources for you to go to school, whether that be the, the uh, Pell Grant or the Supplemental, Supplemental Educational Opportunity Grant or these loans. However, you still must have some skin in the game yourself. So they determine, uh, based, of our, based upon some analysis, what is what would be your expected family income. What can you I mean, afford expected family pay. contribution. What right. can what you can afford, afford to, to contribute right. to your education? Right. And it's not what you say, because we know parents, <laughs> and unfortunately, that's the unfortunate thing about this. They don't take into account other things that you have going on, like a, this is say, like a car note or your insurance. They're taken to effect based upon your income, your uh, adjusted, adjusted uh, gross income, this is what you must pay. Now, a lot of times um, that can be uh, at least overtaken by the loan, but sometimes it's not. It depends what school you go to, and I'll give you a great example. Washington University, they just hired a new chancellor, uh, just announced that they hired right. a new chancellor the other day, over the weekend, or, or Friday. Uh, they cost this is where I went to grad school. Right, exactly. You know well about that. So uh, undergrad is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> undergrad is approximately sixty eight grand. 
68000 for undergrad. A year. A year. As opposed, so let's just say um, we apply there. Let's just say we make a modest uh, income, both uh, a wife and a husband, uh, combined income of like 100000 Your EFC there may be uh, maybe low or maybe higher than what it than what it would be at Harris Stowe, which is a one of the most economically affordable four-year uh, colleges in, in the, the state. state. However, the EFC for WashU may be higher than that. I mean, maybe lower than that than Harris Stowe, even though Harris Stowe is lower because of the overall cost of the college. Gotcha. So WashU and colleges like that make up for that with internal or school-based grants. However, a perfect example of that. So you may go to Harris Stowe, I mean, a, a Washington University. After they pay, after they give you uh, so much of the uh, in, internal or inside school money, you still may owe forty-five thousand dollars that you're going to have to refinance yourself. So now we're talking scholarships. So, exactly. So, what do you think are the best places where people can start to find out about scholarships? Well, scholarships, as I say, are as easy as the internet. There are scholarships for every single thing uh, that you can imagine. So scholarships from Fortune 500 companies. There are scholarships from foundations. There are scholarships from organizations like the United Negro College Fund. So there's a book at the library that I don't I don't know who makes the book, but it's about that thick, mm -hmm. and you probably order it online or in an ebook form. But it lists scholarship after scholarship, scholarship. after scholarship. Some scholarship for men, some for women, some for Left-handed people, left people. Uh, people with interests that want to go in IT and coding. So there are lots of different scholarships. Those are outside scholarships. Now, the thing with that, it's just like anything else. It, it, it's basically a numbers game. Right. The more you put out there, you can expect more likely 5 to 8% of getting those scholarships. So you recommend, because you hear about some students out here getting a million dollars in scholarships, $200,000 right. in scholarships, mm -hmm. and that really was just them being diligent in going, finding scholarships, and every week applying for 10, 20 scholarships. But those that you hear about, most of those are school scholarships. Okay. And most of okay. those are based on those students doing well on the ACT or SAT. Okay. So that's how you build to that type of uh, amount. So are you saying that there's an association between what schools give out and your ACT scores, yes. SAT scores? Yes. So most schools, we've been talking about... Uh, uh, outside scholarships, right on. inside scholarships are school or the uh, monies that the school gives out, and that's based upon most likely merit or ability when it turns when it, when you come to sports or some type of extracurricular activity. So on the merit base, most of the school scholarships are based upon your ACT score and your SAT score. Now your GPA in high school is important, but the most important is your your score on the uh, standardized test. So most schools, can you contact them and ask them for the different types of scholarships and grants? That yes. Okay. okay. They have a, a scholarship packet, and that will include both internal scholarships as well as external scholarships. So who would you contact? Office of Admissions or admissions. Finance Department? Office of, of Admissions will okay. give you that, because that's okay. your first point of contact uh, before you go into the school or your entrance way into a school is the admissions office. So first, more, most importantly, you have to make sure that you're doing well in school. Then yes. you have to make sure you're taking either ACT or the SAT. 
and then you have to make sure you've completed the FAFSA form. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And then at that point, the school will let you know what they have and what you're eligible for. And what for. you're eligible for. But on the same time, you want to have several things working at the same time. You know, if you're doing a ACT or standardized uh, test prep, you want to do that. And at the same time, like you said, send out as many outside scholarships as possible so you can have that working for you at the same time. But even if it don't fit your criteria, apply for it. Apply for it. If it's for women and you're a dude, apply. You never right. know. People because have money left over. Exactly. And they have shortfalls. Yeah. They have all this money left over. There was an article in the U.S. News and World Report that says over a million dollars in scholarships is unclaimed. Wow. Because people either don't apply or they don't have, they don't have the number of people that, that reach that criteria for that scholarship. And you can reach out to philanthropic societies too. Because yeah, so, people sitting there with money and they're like, hey, who can we help? Who can we Might help? Might be an opportunity. Exactly. The Scholarship Foundation of St. Louis is, is a great resource for not only loans, interest-free loans, which is unheard of, someone giving you a loan and not expecting interest. When you're an adult, you realize <laughs> it. Like, when you're young and you're on skin again, it's just, right. it's like, hey, look, right. it's just there. I'm giving you your money back. And right. like, no, I want my money back with something on it. So, so you mentioned... You mentioned your example that you gave was a couple that makes a hundred thousand dollars total, and they're trying to send kids to college. Mm -hmm. What about what about a single parent that may make thirty thousand dollars a year and has two children and trying to send one to college? Should their strategy be the same? Should it be different? No, theirs of course should be different because their situation is different. And I, and I hated to throw out an example of a dollar amount because even with that, the FAFSA takes into consideration other criteria just uh, more than your income. Gotcha. It's the number of people you mentioned, the number of people in the household. Okay. Uh, it's uh, if you have uh, investments. Uh, and... Uh, the situation now is people can kind of shift investments to make it look like they do not earn a certain amount of money. Right. So there are lots of uh, things when it comes to the FAFSA that you, if you don't understand it, please talk with the school or people like myself that uh, have, have some insight into how you want to uh, approach your application. So I just want to get back real no, quick you're to good, what you're you good. said. Um, so with that, a single mom, and in that case, you're not going to have, of course, the EFC than the first example that we gave. So, therefore, you want to... You better say what EFC is. Okay, EFC, again, remember I said it was expected family contribution. I'm just saying, no. you know, use acronym if you want to. Yeah, you don't get yeah. a lot of emails. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, you got to pay attention to this podcast. I said that earlier. So I'm a, I, because that's what financial people, financial aid people do. And it was a lot of acronyms, and so you're right. A lot of people come in and say, I don't know what they just said. Like you said, the fast. They look at that sheet. Right. And e they look at this. And then you said the fast. Like, what the hell right. am I exactly. supposed to do with this? Exactly. But in that case, the in the case that you gave with a single mom, they may be eligible for the highest amount of the Pell Grant that there can be. The highest amount is about uh, $5,800 in the Pell Grant. Okay. So, uh, but... And that's flat, no matter what school you go to. No matter to, what school you go you to. You've got to make it work. Right, you got to make it work. And so that's why I said you can't, uh, you can go, there's, no matter what, you can go to a college. Now, it may not be a four-year private college. Maybe you have to start off at the community college, that's, that's which, me and you, which me and you did. Right. So that's fine, but I'm, I'm saying if, That's not in fair, fact, though, because we started a community college in high school. 
We did. We did. <laughs> Different. We did. But uh, a lot of high schools offer right, right. Uh, college uh, credits in high school, and we, you know, we took advantage of that because our moms worked there. But that's another story. Right. But uh, so in that case, if the Pell Grant, you get that, and this is say you get that supplemental educational opportunity grant with that, and for that. That amount varies based upon the school's draw from the federal gotcha. government. Okay. So I can't, I couldn't give a high, a high end of that. So with that, that's how much money you have to play with. In addition to the federal direct student loan, federal direct unsubsidized student loan, and then the parent plus loan. So in that case, with the single mom, if she, uh, and and I'm sorry, the parent loan is based upon your credit. Now, if you do get denied for that, you uh, as the student, I'm mean, using you, but you as the student are then eligible for an additional subsidized loan. But that's only if your amount, in, in the case that I gave, at Harris-Stowe, since their um, tuition is only X amount, they're only going to go up to what the tuition, the cost of tuition gotcha, is. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so you're not you're not taking home a windfall. No, about, I got no, I got an extra twenty eight hundred. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So they're going to base that base that upon the, what they call the cost of attendance. Gotcha. Okay. So with that, a single mom, if they if they this is say the worst case scenario, they the student has not it's done just okay, average like a, a C average in in, uh, in in high school, and they did not do that well on the ACT, maybe an eighteen or nineteen, then they would not be eligible more than likely for a lot of inside money from the school. And so then it may be a case where they may have to start out at a community college because then if they're if a single mom, like you said, is making just say thirty thousand dollars a year or below, they will be eligible for that, and that should be enough for them to go to the um, community college of their choice. Now, of course, with that same situation, they say they want to go to, down the road to Mizzou. At that point, they would they would have to get those. Two loans that I was talking about, the, the direct, federal direct subsidized um, federal direct subsidized loan and the unsubsidized federal direct loan. And then if that is not enough, the parent would then be responsible for taking out the parent plus loan. So, so what if this, and hold that thought, so mm -hmm. what if the scenario is, is that the parent has horrible credit? Yeah. And the kid wants to go to school. The, the, the child wants to go to school. The youth, the whatever, sure. wants to go to school. What are the alternatives? Because that, does that mean that because they're going to school, they're still more likely to get a loan, but the interest rate is going to be higher? Are they going to be denied a loan to go to school? What What if that's the scenario? Can they apply independently if their parent is? Now remember what we said before. There's a you have to be classified as a dependent or independent right. student. For a dependent student. If their parent has bad credit, they have two options. One, they can ask for a co-signer. So somebody else in the family that may have, uh, well, that's true. In most cases, that doesn't. However, then they, uh, it really is hemmed up then because if there's no, no co-signer to say, I'm going to co-sign on this loan for somebody else, the student can try, try to get an alternative loan or a private loan, okay. as they say. However, they can't reclassify themselves as independent. No, no. Now, wow. uh, because remember those criteria I said, you have to be 25 or younger. Right. You can't have kids. You can't be in the military. Right. You can't be a ward of the court. However, in a special circumstance, you can ask the financial aid administrator 
to do what they call a, a special circumstances for you. But that's that is very unlikely if you're still if your if your parents are still uh, taking care of you. Those are only for extreme situations where the student is out of the home and the parent is not taking care of them at all. Right. Not that they got mad and left because they had an argument with their parents and right. said, I'm out. That's so, not good enough. That's not, <laughs> no, that's not good enough. And so that's where you see a lot of people, if they say, well, I didn't go to college because of that, that may be a reason because you, uh, because of your situation, you could not afford to go away to school. But I always tell you, you can always go to school. It may be at a community college to start off. And then if your grades... Academically, if you do well, you then could transfer to a four-year uh, and, let, and, four let's, year and let's let's make sure we're clear on this too, because it's not really the topic of our discussion. But there are a lot of very good community colleges, yeah, and there are a lot of very good colleges. So I, I think sometimes college gets paint gets painted with one paintbrush. Mm -hmm. But there's certain colleges that are very good at things, and certain colleges that are very bad at things. And I think when you're getting general education which is what a lot of people end up doing in community college, yeah, right. you should look at reducing your cost there. And then if you want to transfer to a school for engineering program um, that you want to go into or culinary arts program sure. or sure. you want to be a physician, and you know, so you can always get your general education in and then transfer, which is, is a lot more economical right. in most cases. But, you know, there's some community colleges that have some good, start off engineering program. And you exactly. get an associate degree mm -hmm. um, in, in engineering and transfer to, to um, science S&T. You sure. know, so exactly. you, 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 we don't want to make it seem like starting at a junior college, a community it's college, a bad is a bad thing, thing yeah. at all. It's not yeah. because it gives a lot of people, especially people who just come out of college, number one, you get to start over, and a lot of times you get support services that help you get a better foundation Thanks. for going into higher education, college, university, so on and so forth. So. You, you and I know tons of people who started off at the community college and are, you know, lawyers, doctors, yeah. um, school presidents, school right. presidents, principals. So, so it's a good thing. Sure. So, but let me say something ahead. to that. Uh, what I would say also, if you have not necessarily prepared for college, you have to look at uh, higher education as an investment. Absolutely. And so the best case scenario, if you have not prepared or you did not do as well in high school, or you did not do as well on the standardized test, that may be the best bet as far as what you just said. Uh, you don't have to come out of your pocket a lot for the first two years, and then you, you kind of prepare for that investment to get your bachelor's degree. So before I ask this next question, Missouri has an A-plus program? Yes. Do you know much about yes. that? Yes. Uh, A-plus program is administered by the Missouri Department of Higher Education. And that, that basically is for certain schools, if you meet a certain criteria of grade point average uh, and attendance, they will pay for the first two years of your uh, higher education oh, wow. uh, degree, uh, higher education degree. So uh, you can use that at a community college, you can use it at a four-year college. But again, then you're going to have to have a plan after those first right. two years of right. how you're going to continue right. uh, your education. But the A-plus program is one uh, the, uh, they call it the Most Stars. Okay, I've heard uh, about that. The Most Stars uh, state grant. Now these grants are for uh, people in state schools, however. You do have to stay in the state 
to take advantage of that because they don't want those dollars to be used out of the state of Missouri. So what what would be the advantage? Because getting back to your discussion about loans, you gave three different types of loans, Mm -hmm. and I'm assuming they all have different interest rates based on your... Your credit score. Oh no, no, no. Now the federal loans; those are federal loans. They do not have; they do not have different interest rates. All of them are the same. It's a standard interest it's rate. A standard interest rate. Come get it exactly. at seven point two. It's five point four. Yep, exactly. It's the same for, okay. So, uh, just so you know, it's six point eight percent for the subsidized and unsubsidized federal direct student loans, and for the parent loan. It is seven point eight percent. Man, we got to make you a director of finance somewhere, <laughs> man. You're still fresh on this stuff. You yeah. change life uh, yeah. and still yeah. fresh. But, you on. know, but you know, I'm involved because right. you know a lot of people. Work with all these you kids. work with all these kids, so <laughs> people are constantly talking about help me. You know, helping, asking for assistance and getting in the school. If you uh, if you want to reach out to Jay Rose, you can always uh, message us at moneymondays at artistkeith.com. Any emails that come through there. I'll forward to Jay Rose, anybody we've interviewed in the past. So I got one more quick question mm-hmm. uh, regarding the loans. So you talked about loans, and those are the federal loans. Mm-hmm. What other loans do you suggest? Like, for instance, uh, this, this, this would be so uncoordinated thought, but a lot of times when you have loans, um, these secured loans, people want you to put your house up. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about that? I mean, I mean, is it, is it something that's, reasonable to do? I mean, or is it something that, hey, if you're serious about your education, is worth doing? Or should you stick with the federal loans? Should you get private loans? Sure. What, what are your thoughts and just in general? Just to recap what we just talked about, the, the interest rates on the loans I've talked about are variable rates that, that can change every year. They're not fixed rates. So when the, when the inflation, when inflation was very high, I mean, it was very low, interest rates rose. So for some families, it did make sense to get a lower cost interest rate to do a home a, a re uh, uh, when you refinance I mean, your home decrease decrease yeah. right. So when they refinance their home, the interest rates were lower than it could, than they could have gotten from the federal government. So in those cases, uh, every individual situation is different. So six point eight for the federal loan, whereas your your home loan could be two point nine exactly. So they say I'm gonna borrow the same money. And pay it back at three percent, as opposed to the six point eight percent, or at that time, actually, it was eight and a half percent when people were doing gotcha. that. So it depends, and it depends on that, and of course, also the federal federal loans have certain um, benefits to them. For instance, one is uh, it's called a deferment. A deferment is basically a period of time when you can stop. Or decrease the amount of uh, decrease the uh, the amount that you pay on your loan right. because of a personal situation, whether it be unemployment, whether that be uh, disability, whether that be you're in the military. So those are specific deferment actions that you can take for a specific situation. So there's more flexibility and forgiveness in paying back loans to the federal exactly. government versus. A bank, a private loan. You call the bank. You say, "Hey, uh, yeah. can I pay you in two months?" And you're like, uh, "No, we're gonna come take your house. Exactly. <laughs> take your exactly. house. We appreciate you doing business with us. Goodbye." Right. And the fact that there are no credit checks for students. Okay. Now, for the parents, there are, but for students, there's no credit checks gotcha. for that. So that's the advantage of going through 
the Department of Education. Right, we're going to take a couple questions, but before we take a couple questions, one quick thing I want to ask. Who's responsible for the loan? The student goes to school. Are parents responsible? I know we talked about maybe getting a co-signer. Mm -hmm. for Who's responsible? <laughs> well, for student loans, for those uh, federal direct, unsubsidized, or subsidized, the students are responsible. Okay. For the parent plus loan, the parent is responsible. That's crazy. Parents yeah. can't even call the school and get the kids grades. Yeah. The school's grades. That's called, that's called, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they got to pay back the loan. That true. Hey, that's crazy. Yeah. What's up, JP? We got any questions? Uh, they wanted to know if you knew what the name of that book was that you mentioned. No, but I'll get it and uh, I will post it at yeah. artistkeith.com. Uh, or you can email us and I'll send it to you. But yeah, I'll and, find it. And I emailed you a list of scholarships that you can send out. Okay, well. I'll post that too. So yeah. we'll post a list of scholarships. And then the other one was, what are your suggestions for students looking to study abroad? Study abroad. Again. We had a kid come to our program who studied abroad. Yes, exactly. <laughs> study abroad, I would suggest, one, you need to plan for that. And at certain schools, they give funding for study abroad program. So you can take out an extra loan uh, to uh, to make the study abroad program happen for you. And those are at certain schools uh, that scholarships that, or, or scholarships or certain groups. And lots of fellow uh, fellows fellowships for that as well. Okay. Any more questions? That's all right. Cool. Okay. Cool. Well we appreciate you coming, Jay. Always do you a wealth of knowledge and yes, uh, and it's it's just amazing the things that people have to go through in order to um, further their education, but it's not a lot. You know, people people spend a lot of, a lot more time doing a, a lot of things that aren't as uh, valuable. And so, I'm just gonna say that yeah. you education must be something that you value and something that you are going to uh, make a priority. Right. And as long as you do that, like I said, you can go to school. Now, it may uh, you may have to start at a different place, but your finish line is going to be where everybody else finish line. And, I, and I'll just say this, not that it's, it's so much on this topic, but it's to the point you just made, and is that, you know, the school doesn't just like your clothes. The school can help you, but the school won't make you. If you yeah. go somewhere and you learn, if you focus, you create a plan, um, you understand and learn what you need to learn in those classes, you perform, you get A's, you get B's, You'll be successful. Exactly. You know, you'll be exactly. successful because it's not a, the school's not going to make you successful. You'll make you successful. And you're just using the school as your stepping stone step to get to where you go. Exactly. So that's so that's, a, that's a great point because a lot of people get caught up in I want to go to a, a name school because they've either seen it on TV or people have talked about it. But like you said, uh, the school is basically your platform to how you're going to sell yourself. So no matter what degree you come out with at whatever school. You're going to have to sell yourself and make yourself uh, make yourself valuable to somebody as an employer, right. or as you being your own uh, entrepreneur. Right. This stuff ain't magic. You don't no. just snap your fingers like, oh yeah, I, I, I got it. I mean, there are some schools like that where you can, you know, but you know, most of the time, 95 percent of the time, you need to go and focus and create your future because what will end up happening is the school will brag about you. Right. One of you break back right school. Right so yeah. appreciate you, man. Thanks, man. All right. Appreciate the time. If you want to reach out to Jay Rose, you can reach him at artistkeith.com or you can reach him at um, email address moneymondays at artistkeith.com. Bye.